Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of Blade Nomers and Podcast, part of Sooner Sports Radio on the V-Sporto Network. And uh, we've got a special treat tonight. One of my longtime uh, writing buddies, a uh, guy whose uh, work I've always respected, uh, really happy to get him back on the show. It's been too long since we've had a chance to uh, talk. Eddie Mazinette, you might know him also as Ed the Sports Fan. Ed, what's going on, man? I'm out here, man. I'm out here trying to escape all things Oklahoma, Ohio State, living in Los Angeles. But, of course, you can't escape Sooners and Buckeyes, man. It's just something that takes over your life. So I'm really just ready to get it over with, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it, it has a certain it, – it's funny talking to OU fans. It has a certain sense of inevitability to it, doesn't it, man? I mean, last year I know everybody was sky high, so excited for that game. You know, my brother was back and he was telling me, he's like, Alan, uh, you know, he was there at the game. He's like, I have never seen the atmosphere around here like this. And it just deflated so fast, man. <laughs> oh, God. You know what's, you know what's interesting about Oklahoma? Because, you know, like, like – you know, if if you know anything about college football, and like I understand that this is a very Oklahoma Sooner podcast, so this is kind of stating the obvious. But Oklahoma is one of the greatest, you know, arguably the greatest college football program of all time. We all know this. This is not a new thing. However, Oklahoma's got real skeletons in their closet, and I'm not talking about like the skeletons that Barry Switzer still has from the program back in the '70s and '80s. I'm talking about skeletons like, yo, we have real trepidation about playing a school like. Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we just don't beat Notre Dame. A matter of fact, the last time we played Notre Dame, Oklahoma City's shooting guard got traded on the same day, which I still say is a conspiracy, but we ain't <laughs> going to get into that right now. We have that same feeling about Miami. We have that feeling now about Ohio State, and we probably have it about a school like USC as well. Oh, it's just God. like yeah. certain schools on big stages, we understand that, like, yo, there's a real fear that like this might not end well and some of that is because of just the recent history of Bob Stoops but then of course Bob will surprise you and do some stuff like he did against Alabama and Auburn right he'll go in there and put in work and so you know Oklahoma is you know this 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 show and your name is blatant homerism but you you could start a new new podcast new website called cautious optimism and it could always <laughs> be about the Oklahoma Sooners and that would be what life is like as a Sooners fan in 2017. Absolutely man you know I mean it's just one of those things too where I can remember there was you know like like that Notre Dame game that was what 2012 when they were there at uh, at Owen Field and there was just one play early on where you know Notre Dame broke a long touchdown run and I just remember thinking to myself like oh god like here it goes again and it's like it's so you know it was it was like the first quarter i mean there's plenty of time to come back but it was just one of those things where it's like man not this again you know yeah man it's always like that i mean look if you had told me that you know i thought last year when oklahoma played ohio state that jt barrett played okay like the skill players played decent but if you'd have told me that like one wide receiver would have the greatest game of his life against our secondary 
I would have said like that's impossible and at the same time like of course he would because like you know Noah Brown went and had the the game of his life and like that's just kind of how that that goes and I do think that Oklahoma fans are so scarred at this point that there is this thought of like uh, you kind of said it's like kind of going downhill, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's that, that snowball effect. And yeah. um, I don't know if that's – look, some people are going to try to pin that on Stoops. Sometimes you pin that on leadership. Sometimes you just put that on the fan base and how it's supported the university. Uh, the reality is is that Oklahoma is a high-flying uh, program that lets it all hang out every play on offense and defense. And when you do those things, then the reality is is that you're going to have high highs and you're going to have low lows. And I think Oklahoma last year had two low lows against Houston and Ohio State, and everything else was an absurd high. And that that type of – like, but, but when we look at a team like Alabama, right, and like everybody's like, oh, Alabama's great. But Alabama's great because they – are methodical they are um they are risk averse they are plotting they are they they are the they use their talent to lap upon your shores relentlessly until you wither down into a heap right Mm. and that's just the reality so um you know and then you end up getting games where they beat lsu 10 nothing but it's a w Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't give the other team the opportunity to get into the game as much. So that's it'll be interesting to see kind of how that type of mindset I think transitions from Stoops to Riley. Um, and you know, I, and the, I think that there are some people that will say change won't really happen until all of the Stoops have been cleared out the house, so to speak. I'm not necessarily a believer in that. I kind of am, but. Um, you know, it'll just be interesting to see how things transition in big games. Will big game Bob or the lack thereof transition to big game Lincoln? That's a great. That's a great question. You know, I mean, and people kept asking me. You know, I, you know, I go on radio shows or whatever in the summer, and people would say, "Well, I mean, now that Stoops is gone, I mean, that's gonna that's gonna hurt the program, right? That's gonna cost them some games and what have you." And and you know what? I mean, I I can't blame anybody if they look at it and think, okay, this is a big transition. I mean, goodness. I mean, Stoops was there for almost two decades, won so many games, so many conference titles, a national championship. So, I mean, you look at the whole, you know, kind of body of work there, and he was so consistent. And so you worry, like, week to week, you know, if if things start going bad, you know, does Riley have what it takes to kind of right the ship? But, you know, the other thing I, I, I told people is, you know, some of these, you know, he can still, he could also give the program a huge jolt. I mean, he could go into these games like Ohio State or, you know, uh, a, a big game, you know, coming up like at Oklahoma State and do things completely different or, you know, bring his own spin to things that, uh, you know, no one's expecting. I mean, after a while, you kind of knew what you were going to get from Oklahoma under Stoops. I mean, maybe Riley, you know, by, by kind of putting his own stamp on the program, you know, changes things or, or takes it to another level, you know? Yeah, no, I think what you're saying is really, really fair. And I think another way to look at it is is that, look, man, Bob Stoops was there for nearly two decades. And on one hand, I always liked the fact that Stoops was willing to bring in fresh faces and every three to four years there would be turnover, especially from an offensive coordinator standpoint. But at the end of the day, Bob Stoops is still the head coach. And the things that we really talk about are, are, are about the evolution of process. And I always believe that 
with Stoops, I always felt like if you could counter his plan A and make him go to a plan B, things could go sour. Mm-hmm. And because Stoops, man, Stoops been in that job for so long. Like I, I always feel like he's actually he's really good at going in there with a strong game plan. But I feel like if that game plan doesn't work, the adjustments aren't always there, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's always been my thing with Stoops. And like, and, and look, man, Bob Stoops is probably going to go down as probably more underappreciated um, than how he sh- than what his resume is. Um, but that's just the reality of a dude that's been there 20 years and you get a chance to finally get some new age thinking. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a testament to Stoops and it's a testament to what Riley could potentially be. So, um, I, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm like, I am intrigued to see when things get tough, what are, how does, how does Riley respond? And the good thing is that Stoops is still there. Stoops is still the steady hand to provide advice at all times and you know I think the big question in in the actual game is you've already seen injuries on OU's team and you don't have any star power in the skill position Mm -hmm. so this is going to be a spotlight game to see who's going to actually step up who's going to actually be the guy to carry it is it only going to be Baker or who are going to be the guys that can like actually produce in tough times for the Sooners yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, so many new faces, like you mentioned, at all the skill positions. Um, you know, I guess a team like Ohio State, you know, I, I look at them and people, you know, I, I mean, I try to explain, like, you know, even if you don't think that Ohio State's offense is great or, you know, they might have some problems at cornerback, like top to bottom, they've just, it's just such a stacked like well-coached team and I mean they've got NFL guys like for example on the defensive line for days you know I mean it's I you know it's the kind of game where you go in and it's like man that's just a really good team top to bottom you know oh absolutely I mean look they look don't let don't get it don't get it twisted like yeah all them dudes did go to the league but Ohio State's finishing top two in recruiting every year so the dudes they bringing in are either guys that couldn't get on the field because there were pros ahead of them, or there are new guys in there that are ready to be pros. I mean, mm-hmm. they've already got the leader in pass breakups in college football this far in Denzel Ward. You know, they've already got the uh, you know JT Barrett, like you know who's who's from down the street in Wichita Falls, Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, shout out to Sykes Center Mall. I used to hit hit on so many girls when I was in <laughs> high school and college. Go to Wichita Falls. I used to go fight dudes at Shepard Air Force Base because I'm from Lawton, Oklahoma, <laughs> and I'm a military brat from Fort Sill, and we'd over there causing trouble, but I'm, I'm, I'm going in a different path, I digress. They've got <laughs> talent on that roster, and what I feel like is really interesting is that, look, man, it's funny, like, that's that's Kevin Wilson's offense over there. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody knows Kevin Wilson's offense, Stoop should. Both stoops, right? Mm. And to a degree, Riley, because Riley learned some things about running the offense from watching Wilson's offense. And he inherited players that learned under Wilson's uh, tutelage in, in, in some ways. So, you know, I, what I really believe is that this is not going to be a game and where it's going to be my talent's just better than your talent. I just feel like this is going to be one where who can adjust, who can keep people on their toes because 
because the talent is so good that it's going to come down to like, hey, like who can execute at the end of the day? And, and that's really going to be an interesting challenge for me. So um, I'm just looking forward to that so much uh, because and I'm going to ask you this question because the, mm-hmm. the benefit of me living in Los Angeles uh, now I've been in California, and, and and the funny thing is I lived in Ohio for six years in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is I'm always curious, like what are what is the pulse in Oklahoma? What is the pulse around like the program? Because what you what you intimated earlier was that people are have are coming in here like tepid and a little nervous about what could happen in this game. Um, but is that I don't get the sense that that's like coming from the program. They're just looking at it like, man, we got really embarrassed and like we have to tell. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not around the program every day or anything like that. You know, I mean, but I I, I look at it two different ways. I, I, I don't, you know, I think that the people, you know, within the program, just from what I've gleaned, you know, from reporting and whatnot and watching uh you know you know seeing video interviews what have you is that you know they they feel like they're they're approaching it very you know we we, we got embarrassed last year you know it's time to uh to try to make that right and whatnot um you know i look at it the, the interesting part to me is kind of you know as, as a fan and as the talking to fans you know around uh, you know in the program and, and whatnot I think that uh, they look at it as very much, um, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, OU's going in there trying to pull an upset, you know, very much like a puncher's chance type thing, whereas, you know, it's kind of being billed in the, uh, at least it seems like in the national media as, uh, you know, kind of a heavyweight fight, you know, I mean, these are two blue blood programs, you know, it's not seen as necessarily Ohio State having a, a huge um, you know the, a huge upper hand now I could be wrong about that but that's just kind of the way it seems like it's being billed to me whereas I, I don't I don't know a lot of Oklahoma fans it's strange to say this who, who are you know going in really confident that uh, oh you can pull off a win you know what and, and I think that's told, I think that's the, the reason why you need to change your podcast to the cautious, cautious optimism podcast <laughs> yeah. um, because I felt like I felt like the OU game and the Houston game was a reason why Stoops probably was like, I got to get out of here. And, and like he could say a number of reasons, but even from just an outside looking in, again, I kind of point back to the staleness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like Oklahoma just didn't, they didn't execute. They didn't, they didn't look, they didn't play well. Um, and it looked like if they played that game 10 times, they probably win five of 10. Like it wasn't, um, so much that um, you know you had uh, a lot of turnovers, unforced unforced errors, um, and lapses in uh, awareness and judgment. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, I actually look at those things and like, okay, um, are those things going to be repeatable? Are those things going to be something? Is there going to be an uh, is the recidivism level going to be high? Is that something that's going to happen? Again, and so you know the fact that there's so many people returning on on defense, I think gives me some some real hope on that. I actually think Baker Mayfield's just a better quarterback than JT Barrett, yeah. at least from a from a pro talent standpoint. Um, and I look at it and say that Oklahoma Oklahoma gets to go in the game with like nothing to lose because Ohio State has the pressure. They've got all these young kids playing at home. This is their first home game for the yeah, season. Yeah. None of those kids have been playing before. And Oklahoma comes in and they're like, look, 
we we're we're linked to be Big Twelve t- champions. Everybody knows that we caught the fade last year, and like the expectations on here, like nobody's gonna be taking a chance on us. So they get to be loose. Like I think if they go in there with that mindset, they get to go in there and be really loose. And um, you know, this is this is I, Oklahoma teams typically, and it's funny when you hear fans talk about it. Oklahoma fans typically like it when Oklahoma's an underdog, and Oklahoma fans are typically terrified when Oklahoma's a favorite. So Oklahoma fans, you got your wish. We're underdogs. When Oklahoma played Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, everybody was terrified. And then Travis, excuse me, Trevor Knight went there, played the game of his life, right? Mm-hmm. And that is typically it's funny how that works out, but if you're an Oklahoma fan and you're looking at past success and past failures, maybe that's the silver lining in how to look at it. Yeah, you know, something that's interesting too is, you know, Baker Mayfield has never lost a, a, a true road game, you know, when he's actually gone to another team's house. I mean, he, he hasn't played a team like Ohio State, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I look at it and, and there are certain things like that where I, I do look at this game and wonder – Maybe it's a better thing that they're playing on the road. You know what I mean? You don't have the home kind of anxiety around you. Uh, you know that that kind of nervous energy in the in the stands. Uh, you know, I mean, in in Mayfield at least, uh, he really seems to kind of feed off of uh, you know the the negativity when it's directed towards him. You know, I mean, he goes in and you know places like Tennessee. You know where he he. he uh, I mean, he, that was really just him kind of, you know, kind of willing to vi- the team help, well, with a lot of help from guys like Smosh P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, right, you know, kind of right, right, right. willing the team to victory. But, you know, he, he really seems to kind of thrive in those kinds of, uh, you know, adverse situations. And, and so, like, maybe, you know, and, and maybe playing on the road and playing, you know, he, I mean, they can play with uh, – with nothing to lose, whereas last year, you know, they they might have been a little bit more tight than uh, than anybody realizes. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that I could point to different times, uh, you know, 2004 with, you know, Jason White and that squad, you know, and Adrian Peterson being there. I could point at, you know, 08, 09 with Bradford and DeMarco being there, um, you know, or even hearing the stories, you know, with my Uncle Bill talking about, you know, some of those Switzer teams where, like, you just felt like, we have the best team on the football field, right? Yeah, yeah. And like the thing about now is like I don't know if Oklahoma has the best team on the football field, but I know that we've got the quarterback that I'm having the most fun watching. And I and I think that this is probably the most uh fearful quarterback that Oklahoma's had that puts legit fear in defenses. I mean, do I need to go maybe all the way back to, like, Jamel Holloway? Like, literally? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like, you, you've got a dude that, like, no, you've got to legit pay attention to what's going on. Partially because you know he's going to come in there and he's talking shit. He's swaggering. I don't know if I'm going to cuss here, so I oh, apologize. No, don't worry. No, don't worry. But, <laughs> but, you know, he's going to be out here swaggering. You know, I call him Swag Mayfield for a reason. And, like, sometimes, you know, my running joke is that Baker Mayfield wants to be uh, Lamar Jackson so bad. He wants to be Lamar Jackson so bad. He wants to run. Yeah. He wants to be Cam Newton. He wants to be out here stiff arming folks. And like, to a degree, it scares the living daylights out of me. But at the same time, you see when he constantly like does that, it almost like wakes him up. So you know, I'm not I'm not sure if that's the smartest thing in the world, but I do think the team feeds off of that. And when he plays like that, they play loose. And you pointed to the Tennessee game, 
And I think that's a really good call out because I thought the first half of the Tennessee game, he looked tight, he looked nervous, he looked unsure of himself. And then like in the third quarter, he act, if you actually go back and watch the Tennessee game, they even through the third quarter, they struggled to execute. And, but Baker, to your point, he kind of started running around. He got hit in the mouth a little bit. And it seemed to like wake him up and it then woke the team up. And then he got more accurate and he got active. So um, I'm not saying that I need Baker Mayfield to get punched in the mouth out there. So <laughs> to speak. But it'll be interesting to see the fact that, hey, he is the lead dude. It ain't Mixon. It ain't P. Ryan. It ain't Westbrook. No, it's Baker first, and them young dudes, they got to go through him to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. You know what? If you go back to, like, last year when they were playing, uh, they were playing at TCU, and they started off just real slow. I mean, it looked terrible. They were able to break a couple big plays and got down inside the three, and I think, like, they, they called, like, a quarterback draw. And he was going into the end zone, and there's a linebacker standing there, and he could have easily just run right around him. I mean, what about he? He went, he picked him out, went right at him, you know, lowered his shoulder into him, and uh, uh, stiff armed the dude, and just like went at it. And then all of a sudden, they took off. You know, I mean, that's kind of just the way he. That's just the way he is. You know, I mean, and it's uh, it's it's a fun, you know, kind of improvisational gunslinging type mentality that you know, OU quarterbacks. I mean, guys like Landry Jones just didn't have. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and um, you know, like that can make you a target. But by making you the target, it t- sometimes it can take the pressure or it makes people um, want to fight for you. And I think that that can be really important in, as far as playing quarterback. But, Alan, can I want to ask you this question. And, yeah. um, you know, this is uh, the third time um, Oklahoma, an Oklahoma team will be facing a team coached by um, – uh, Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. and you know, take what it take whatever it's worth for the game last year against Ohio State. I've already said my feelings about that, but I will never forgive Bob Stoops for the national championship game against Florida. And I'm gonna tell you <laughs> why. I've been me. I I am glad I'm getting to have this conversation. Me and my boy Kenny Masinda, Kenny Masinda, right. co-founder of the Sports Fan Journal, we talk about this all the time. And if you and if you don't remember the national championship game against Oklahoma and Florida, that was the game. Demarco Murray couldn't play; he was dinged up. So Chris Johnson was in there. Excuse me, uh, Chris Brown was the running back. I and, wish Chris, I wish the old Chris Johnson was running back. Oh uh, man, him. that would have been better for the offense. I will never forgive Bob Stoops for not continually giving the ball to the greatest football player to ever come out of Ardmore, Oklahoma, and that would be the great Jermaine Gresham, tight end. And I constantly remember and that Jermaine Gresham was torching the Florida Gators. Brandon Spikes had no shots. Brandon, Brandon, I can run a 40 faster than Brandon Spikes. <laughs> um, Brandon Spikes had no shot with Jermaine Gresham. And for the first half, he was torching uh, Florida. And in the second half, I feel like Jermaine Gresham must have been in Tulsa. He must have been in Langston. Nah. He might have been in Corn Bible. I don't know where he was, but he was not at the National Championship because Bob Stoops forgot to give him the ball. And I feel like that was the reason why Oklahoma couldn't score any more points. I could just be having this chip on my shoulder, and it's a memory I just cannot refuse to give up. But is that something that you would say uh, is a similar sentiment, or are you saying, Ed, you've just lost your mind, you need to get over it? Oh, man. You know, that's one of those ones, man. Like, I mean, Gresham was such a weapon, such a uh, tough matchup. You know, and Oklahoma's got a guy like that in uh, Mark Andrews coming into this game. Is you know, not on Gresham's level yet, but – 
you know, is uh, one of those guys who's just huge. You can't put a linebacker on him. You can't put a safety on him. I mean, it's anyway. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it could have been something that the, you know, uh, Charlie Strong grew up at halftime where they were, you know, to uh, to take Gresham away from him. You know, I'm, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, I, I definitely do recall thinking that Gresham was was not getting, uh, you know, his usual amount of attention from Sam Bradford. Uh, I, you know, I mean, Kevin Wilson is the one to be fair. who was calling that game. So, uh, maybe, uh, maybe we'll see a repeat of that from Ohio state this, uh, this time around. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, for, for sure. And that's, and honestly, I think thinking about this 2017 team, I will say this, I, I am intrigued to see, you know, we talk a lot about like personnel and I'm not, uh, I'm not an aficionado when it comes to football, but I, I, I like to feel like I pay attention. And the thing I'll say about what Oklahoma could do this year is that I think that they have an awesome opportunity to go out there and play not just one, but they can go two tight end. They could actually go some form of big package where they can play Flowers, Calcaterra, and Andrews. Yes. And at the same time, I mean, I'm watching the Chiefs-Patriots game right now, and I've seen the Chiefs, and the Chiefs and Patriots both do this. They will go out there with not one, not two, but sometimes three tight ends and run and hurry up, and they can flex Kelsey or Gronkowski mm-hmm. or Dwayne Allen, and they can put them out wide. And now you've got, a, you've got a defense in a situation that do I have to play nickel? Do I have to play put a six, fifth corner, sixth corner out there? Uh, a defensive back, I should say, out there. Um, or, and if so, can I hold up against the run because Flowers can run? You know, mm-hmm. if I put any of those uh, 38 running backs we got right now, yeah. Oklahoma got right now, then, like, I got to do something with that. And then there's receivers out there that you can still put into run situations. And I think that's always been the thing with Oklahoma is, like, look, man, few teams – and this is something that's not talked about enough. Oklahoma puts offensive linemen in the league. Yeah. It's not that they don't have offensive linemen. I think it's always been about philosophy and scheme. And you've got situations now that you can put teams and binds to say – to make them choose. And if they decide to stay out there with a nickel package, test that nickel package and say, hey, can you stop the run or do you have big enough guys to guard our tight ends out in space? And if you can do that, even against a team like Ohio State who's got some of the best athletes in the world, I think you've got situations where, especially with a guy like Andrews, Flowers, and maybe Calcutta, I don't know nothing about that dude, but maybe you've got a chance to win some real situations out there. Yeah, yeah, no, Calcaterra can play, man. He's got some hands. Uh, I mean, he, he grabs everything around him. So that's yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. It's one thing that I, I definitely want to see, or I'm hoping that we see uh, is you know, are you experimenting with some bigger packages? I see no better time to do it than uh, this weekend. You know, again, uh, you know, kind of trying to switch things up and go unconventional and an opportunity when you know you're coming in as the underdog with uh, really nothing to lose. So, well, Ed, if you got, I mean, if if you had to pick out like one thing that you think will be the key to this game what do you think it would be uh don't let noah brown score for a touchdown oh wait that's <laughs> yeah. that was last year i apologize yeah. um you know what man this is the same thing i've always been saying i feel like whenever oklahoma plays really good teams they they will almost always struggle to get a pass rush and so um you know we saw um when when we saw ohio state play indiana i thought you know indiana played with you know they were they were at times able to get a pass rush and i think they were able to force jt barrett to make some make some rush decisions mm-hmm. um but in, once once ohio state secured 
um, their their protections. I mean, it was it was um, it was Hoosier season in there, and it was like who not Indiana Hoosiers, but who who you gonna throw the ball to? And because it was wide open, so um, I want to see if Oklahoma is gonna be able to get a pass rush. I think that's always been like an Achilles heel of things that like they haven't been able to really get in recent years. I just bragged a lot about their offensive line, but defensive line isn't something that I think Oklahoma's had a strong suit in, mm-hmm. in not only um, in college, but then putting dudes into the league. So, and then they, I don't know if they have, I don't know if uh, Okawankro is the dude, if they want to brush, rush him on the edge as a blitzing linebacker versus letting him play on the line. Cause I don't know if they're trying to use, guys like striker and bond in, in ways like they did before maybe they will maybe they won't i don't that's getting too far down the line i just want to see if they can get a pass rush and if they can get a pass rush then i think it opens up opportunities for them but if they can't i don't i'm, I'm just always going to be forever nervous about what oklahoma secondary is going to be able to do having to defend for that long yeah. against an offense like kevin wilson's offense kevin wilson's offense i know you asked me for one thing i'm talking way too much so i apologize no, but Kevin Wilson's offense is primed and ready. And we all know this as Oklahoma fans. From 20 to 20, good luck stopping at 20 to 20. So I think I almost feel like Oklahoma might be in a situation if they realize they can't get a pass rush, then they've got to maybe do the next thing and try to keep them in front, keep the yeah. guys in front of them and compress the field. And if you can do that, then maybe you've got a, got a shot to at least keep the game slowed down as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, Ed, let everybody know, man, where they can uh, find all your stuff and what you're working on. Yeah, uh, look, man, we are coming up. November 11th is going to be the six-year anniversary of the Sports Fan Journal, man. I've been running that site for six years nope, now. that it's, long, man? Really? It's been it's been that long, and I've been blessed to have, you know, we've got we've got a lot of guys that have come through that, through our organization. You know, we're, we're, we're like Oklahoma back in the day, man. We don't, <laughs> we don't rebuild, we reload, you know what I mean? And um, we've had a lot of great writers come through. We're doing a lot of cool stories. We're working on some things for college football right now. So you can go to our site, thesportsfanjournal.com, and check it out. You can always follow me on any social media platform at Ed the Sportsfan. And you know, I mean, I'm. I know you want to shout me out, but I just really want to shout you out because you you are one of the few people on earth that I actually trust to talk about Oklahoma Sooners <laughs> football with. It's pretty much you, uh, Kenny Masenda, yeah. and my uncle. My legendary Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill. I don't talk, yeah. about, I don't talk about Oklahoma Sooners with too many other people because um, I get a little bit emotional. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad and honored to be on here with you, and I'm always happy to hop back on with you at any time. Nah, man, the, Eddie, the honor's all mine, man. You're one of my favorite writers, my favorite thinkers out there. I love uh, interacting with you on Twitter, reading all your stuff at uh, Sports Fan Journal and everything. So I, I really do appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, not a problem. And I'm to a hey, all the blatant homerism folks right here. I'm putting it out here right now. We got to get Alan Kenny to to write on the Sports Fan Journal. I'm gonna <laughs> make it happen. I'm putting it. I'm putting it out here in public, the public space, so that we can hold him accountable. Because um, and he he's he's too good. Um, he's too good of a voice. We got it. We got to get him out here in the street. <laughs> all right, man. We'll we'll talk about that later on. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Again, thanks to our uh, friend uh, Eddie Mazinet of uh, Sports Fans Journal. Find, look for him at uh, Ed the Sports Fan on all the uh, social media sites as well. And uh, thank you all for joining us too. Uh, for the Blatant Homerism Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.